Well, hello and welcome to the Flow Church podcast. Uh, it's Liam here today, and it's just me because I just kind of want to see if some way I can have like a conversation with you over podcast. Now I'm realizing that uh, you are not going to be able to speak back to me, but I'm hoping that I might maybe ask some of the questions that you might be thinking as I'm talking. Um, and the real aim of this podcast today is to follow up like what I talked about at the Christmas Carol uh, concerts on the 23rd at Flow Church. And, and uh, you know, we have a lot of guests there. And I just wanted to follow up what I was saying because I'm hoping that maybe someone, maybe even if, maybe if there was just one person that's fine by me, but maybe there was someone or some people who felt um, moved or challenged or you know, maybe inspired just to maybe think about Jesus a little bit more for their own life. And so what I thought I'd do is maybe make this podcast just so that you could listen to it privately, um, you know, just just you and really think about what it means to to allow Jesus into your life. And, and why on earth would you do that? And how can we be so sure of it? Um, so I'm hoping that's you. If, if that's not you and you think I'm a believer, I already go to Flow Church, obviously you're welcome to listen. But why don't you just try and share this with somebody? Um, share this with the person you invited and uh, maybe just see if this helps um, prompt them or move them or just be more open to the conversation uh, about Jesus because uh, it is a challenging topic to talk about your faith and Jesus Christ more and more, uh, especially in England these days. And, uh, you know, so I just thought maybe this was a really, um, just a really nice, easy, soft way just to discuss Jesus. And uh, I'm going to try and be even critical of myself to really make sure that your views are getting across. But the preach on the 23rd, uh, I talked about this idea of can, can you pre- this Christmas, would you prepare a way for Christ to enter your life, just like Joseph had to do? And what I love about the story of Joseph, if Joseph, I feel like, re- reacts in the story just how a lot of us would react. He gets Mary, who he loves, who he trusts, who he is about to marry. And she comes up to him and says these really strange things about God. And, you know, I'm about to give birth to the Son of God. These really weird, strange things. But it's somebody that he loves and trusts on one hand, but she's saying illogical things on the other hand. And I think that can be a lot maybe what people feel when they have a believing family member or uh, a Christian colleague. Um, You know, it's like you love them and you respect them and you think that's, you know, I know they're a good person and they're not trying to manipulate me. They're not just trying to convert me to some kind of cult, but they actually are good people. But they really do believe something that sounds really far fetched and really illogical. And I I can totally understand that principle. And then what happened for Joseph is he he sort of opened himself up to God. And um, he actually, first of all, was going to get rid of Mary and divorce her quietly. But. God spoke to him in a dream, um, which, I, you know, it may sound really supernatural, but I wonder if that was just such a natural dream. And then he woke up and was like, wow, I think that was God. Um, and then he decided to choose Jesus and prepare a way for Jesus in his life, which then obviously results in the birth of Jesus and really the salvation of mankind. So well done, Joseph. Good shout. Well done. Glad you changed your mind there. Um, so today, yeah, just want to think about that. And maybe in this podcast, it may just help maybe explain some of what we uh what we do because uh, you know i just really want to let you know that jesus is is really real like and i know i know i know i'm saying that and I, you're like well of course you're saying that you're the pastor but i'm only saying that because i i've gone on that journey myself and i'm just like other people i i think very logically um i i want things to be proven i, I don't just jump on something because um it seems like a good idea i want to let you know that i'm not um 
I don't need the religion in that way of like, I'm not weak and it's not like a crutch in my life. In fact, well, it is in some ways because I realize how much I need faith. But sorry, that bit didn't really make much sense. But yeah, I just I just want you to know that I'm just this normal guy as well. And and, you know, I've found Jesus Christ and it has become very real to me. And I thought maybe let, let me let me explain some real practical ways. I think it's become really real to me. You see. When I first started growing up hearing about Jesus, I went to church. My dad introduced me to church and and some people say that's why I'm a Christian because my dad um, got me into it. But the truth is your father or your mother or your nan or your brother can only ever introduce you to Jesus. They can't build that relationship for you. And that's just the way it works in any relationship. I can always introduce you to my friend, but if you want to have a, a separate relationship with that friend, you have to build the relationship. And so when people say that to me, I'm always like, yeah, that, that is some, some way that's true. And I'm thankful actually that my father introduced me to Jesus. But I've been the one that's built that relationship with Christ and um, learned to know him for myself. So, I, and that's how I grew up. But when I was in that teenage years, coming into my early 20s, I was at that place where like, I've been believing this my life, my whole life. And I'm just wondering, do I believe this for me or do I believe this for somebody else or for something else? Am I believing it because it's tradition? Am I believing it because of my family? Am I believing it just because I always have and actually I'm afraid to let go of it because then I would maybe won't know my place in the world? And so, you know, it wasn't particularly... Um, I wasn't having a crisis of faith or anything like that, but I was just trying to think about it more appropriately and think like I've got to discover this faith for me and so you know I started to really pray by myself I started to read the bible and I started to see things in the bible that you know Jesus would say you know this is what happened in the bible but it can also happen at any time and so I thought well if that can happen any time surely these things should work so for example you know in the bible you'd see Jesus doing miracles and then I'd read about these miracles and then Jesus would say to his disciples, if you believe in me, then you can actually do miracles as well. And in my head, I was like, well, I've believed in Jesus my whole life. So surely then I should be able to do perform these kind of miracles. Now, obviously, when I say I perform them, I mean Christ performed them through me. So I don't want to I just want to clear up any wording or language there. But Christ uses his people to perform miracles. And so, I, you know, I remember with a friend of mine, we decided we we're actually going to push each other and and see whether this thing's real. So we used to go out and we used to go and pray for people on the street. And I can tell you story after story after story after story of people seeing, just seeing miraculous things happen before my own eyes from my own prayer. So this is not me. I went to some kind of event and the guy at the front was doing it. This was not me, my dad's stories or my granddad's stories. These were me and my friend out there on the street meeting strange people we've never met before, praying for them and seeing miracles. And I could literally list hundreds. Do you see? Because when it happened the first time, you know, I would, I'm, although I believed it was God, I was open to the idea that that was a coincidence because we got to be sensible about it. It's got to be rational with my thinking. And then not only that, you know, then I thought, okay, well, let's keep going. Let's keep pressing in. And as, as we saw more and more, you know, it just started to seem less like a coincidence. And actually now I've seen so many things, including uh, scars from bodies disappear, cancer from a person gone, eyesight repaired to the point where the opticians wrote a letter and was amazed by it you know I've seen so many different kinds I've seen money appear I've seen food multiply I've seen so many different things happen that I actually think now it would be illogical for me not to believe in God for me it has crossed that line you know and it I say miracles but I want to make sure it's not just all based on these miracles but they are one way that I have seen this thing become very real to me another way is just is like answered prayer other ways of answered prayer of just 
praying into things. And I'm not saying it's like a vending machine. This is not what prayer is about. It's not like I have a request, I go to God and then he makes it happen. Prayer is a powerful union between me and Jesus. And it, and it helps really Jesus change my view of the world so that I can see things the way he sees it and bring answers in the way through that. And it's, I know it's really tricky to explain, but I just want to make it clear that prayer is not some vending machine like, you know, oh, my friend needs to pass an exam, so I pray and then he passes. That's not what it's about. Prayer is about me going to meet with God and he changes me. And so, for example, I might be praying into a, let's say, a, a tricky situation, a tricky relationship with somebody. Maybe something's broken in that relationship. As I go to pray to Jesus, it's not like the next day someone calls up and says, right, that's it. I've our relationship is restored, but Jesus will change something in me to help me see in a different way. He might prompt me maybe to forgive, or he may prompt me to repent, or he may prompt me to have more peace about it, and to maybe just have a time of patience, and he'll speak to me. He really will speak to me, and I'll go into that in a second, but, you know, and then it changes me, and then the situation then brings a resolve, because I followed Jesus's teaching and Jesus's principles, and, and Jesus teaches me these things through reading my Bible, and through prayer with him. Now, I want to be clear, whenever I hear the voice of God, I want to let you know it matches the Bible. So if anyone out there says, wow, if you hear the voice of God, then surely if he tells you to do anything, you'll do it. No, no, no. What I believe I hear in my head must match with scripture. And then and then I obey it. But I want to be clear, God does speak to me. And, you know, if somebody invited you to the carol concert, or you know your friend or your colleague who who is a Christian, why don't you go ask him, just say, hey, does, does God speak to you? And how does that look? What does that look like? You see, for me, it's a thought that runs through my head that I know is not mine. Um, that's really tricky to explain. Um, but I want to be clear, it's not an audible voice that I hear. Um, obviously, the Bible speaks for itself. And it's like, as you read it, it can speak to your life. But the only way I would um, maybe explain this, that it might be a weird, bit of a weird analogy, is when I was growing up at home, I have two brothers and my mum and dad, we all live together. And as we were growing up, you know, I was the youngest, so I was normally in bed first. And what was really interesting is I would learn as the years go on, I'd start to realize I would know who was walking up the stairs by the way they walked up the stairs. Do you understand that? Have you ever been there? You know, you're in bed, you can hear someone come in and you can go, right, that is that person because the way they walk, they always walk a bit heavier on their right or they make a creak in that place. You know, whatever it is. And, and my mum used to say that she could tell which son had come home when we were a bit older by the way we put the key in the door. We all had a certain way that we put the key in the door so she would know, right, Liam's home. And uh, you see, this is this is something that's really interesting. My mum, I was able to communicate with my mum without seeing her, without knowing that she's there, without using any words or any body language. All that I did was put a key in the door and my mum had communication that my son is now home and he's safe. You see, you see, there's something about as you build relationship, communication gets easier and smoother and in some ways a bit weirder and different. And it's the same with every married couple. I'm sure you can look at your husband or your wife or even your kids or just like your best friend, whoever's closest to you. And you can know pretty much what they're thinking by the face that they've just made because you've spent time with them. Now, when I say this in relationship, my relationship with God, I want to be clear. If you if you decide to let Jesus in your life, you start almost as that kind of baby, which is why I think Jesus used the term born again. Like you almost start learning again to hear from God. And so when you're a baby, you, you only can just see God. You know, babies can only see their mum and dad when they're really obviously there. And it takes them years to realize that their mum and dad exist when they're not actually in their eyesight. But as the baby grows, you, it learns different forms of communication. And as people's relationships get in more intimate and deeper, then you learn different forms of communication. And so for me, that's, I guess that's what I'm trying to say is like my, my prayer life with Jesus, my communication with Jesus gets to that place now 
where I can just know what he's thinking, know what he wants to do and hear him even just by the sound of the key in the door. I hope that helps make some sense. It's one of those things I think until you really develop that for yourself, you'll never fully understand. But, you know, that's the level you get to. And that's why sometimes now I can walk in a room and I can really sense that the presence of God is there or I can meet somebody and I can go, wow, this person knows Jesus because there's just something about the aroma of Christ, the, the, uh, uh, for want of a better word, the aura of Christ. It's like you, you can just begin to sense it. and uh, But that just takes time as you get to know Jesus. But that, that doesn't have to happen. You know, it doesn't take two years to get to that place. You can get there as quickly as you want, as, as the more you dive into to Christ. And so they're just, they're just some few ways that I feel like Christ has become very real to me. And it became very real very quickly. What I noticed is when I, I grew up, but I, I knew God and I loved Jesus, but you know, I don't know if my faith was my own. And then when I was about that sort of 16, 17, 18, maybe going up to 20, in those years, I sort of tried things out and pushed the pushed the boundaries of like learning if God is real, not um, necessarily doing wrong things, but doing things that I thought Christ wanted me to do. And if he's real, then surely these should be these should be real as well. And, you know, very quickly, I became very cemented in my faith because as I started to do these things, I started to see how good and God and how real God is. And it completely and it completely changed my view. And so now I guess, you know, I just want to maybe push it to you is like, what would it take? I, I guess maybe I'm looking for as a line in the sand that says like, what would it take for you to, to, to really start to believe that God is real in your life? Um, I had a friend who once said to me, Liam, I'm never going to believe in God until he passed the clouds and comes down on earth and waves at me. And I, I kind of said to him, well, that's exactly what Jesus Christ was. Like he was the hello of God. And, uh, yeah, so I just wonder for you, like, what that would take and, and maybe what it would mean for you just to say, you know, I'm going to try this this Jesus thing. And and you might be saying, well, Liam, why do you push it, push it so much? Like, why can't it just, you know, let people live and just live how they want to live? And why is it so important? And this is the real reason for me is, is the Christian believers, we believe in this thing. And this is very real to us. And for us, it's almost a duty of love to you to let you know about it because we do believe in heaven and we do believe in hell. You know, because we believe in them because Jesus told us these things and we don't just believe in them because we saw it in some book somewhere. We believe in it because Jesus Christ himself said it and we believe in Jesus and Jesus has proven himself to us and Jesus has spoken to us and Jesus has died for us and Jesus has done so many things for us that when he says, look guys, this is what the afterlife looks like, we believe him. I genuinely believe him. Now, obviously, this brings a quandary and an anguish in my life because I now have friends and family who do not believe in Jesus and I am desperate for them to know him. And I'm desperate for them to know him because I want them to have an afterlife that they were intended to have, which would be in heaven with me, I hope, and my wife and, and God. You know, that, that's, that's, that's what I want. That, that, that's really why I do this. That's why I've made this podcast. That's why I put myself out there. That's why I do this as a job. Because I want people to know Jesus. Not just that they can join a, a happy, clappy church and give some money every so often. I want it because I want them to know the security of knowing that your eternal life is secure in the hands of Jesus Christ. And so that's why we do this. And that's not me trying to scare you. That's not me... I guess that's me just trying to express my genuine anguish and concern for people I meet. And honestly, you know, people say to me, well, like, how can you kind of carry on your life? And there are some days that it is actually genuinely hard. And in my prayer life, I, I will cry a lot for the people I know and I love because this is this is real to me. 
And if you want to think about it this way, it's like I know that, you know, somebody I love is about to drink a water that has poison in it. It's like, what would I do if that happened? I would, I would run over there. I'd smash the water out of their hand. I would do whatever it takes to make sure they didn't drink it. And it's a challenge in this world because obviously as you do that, you may lead to offending people and you may lead to upsetting people. And actually you may even lead breaking relationships as you try and do this. But it's like, for me, I have to try because this is very real. And so I just ask you, maybe this year, 2019, coming up to 2019, could you just prepare the way this year? Could you just give it a year? Like just one year? Because surely if Jesus is real... And surely people are saying he's real. Surely it's worth a year of your life to investigate. Because if they are right, it changes everything. Now, if they're wrong, it changes nothing. In fact, then they are just, you know, on some wild thing. And but it doesn't change anything for your life. So, it, but if it is real, it changes everything. So I just wonder, is could you give it like a year of your life? And just say, you know, I'm going to actually go to church. I'm actually going to get be part of it. I'm going to try and pray. I'm going to try and read the Bible. And I'm going to ask some Christians some questions. And I want to be clear, I'll be, if you ever just want to debate with me and, and really maybe fire some personal and deep questions at me, I would love to just have those conversations with you. Not that I have all the answers, but just so that, you know, you might have a space to explore what the faith may look like. And that's what I want Flow Church to be about, a place where you can come and explore the faith and you can see it as really it was meant to be seen. Um, you know, we're not going to do services that, you know, make it easy for you to hear. We're just going to do what we believe God has called us to do and you can come and actually see it. And that's what we want, just for you to come and be part of it. So I just challenge you, is there any way in 2019 that you could prepare the way for Jesus to enter your life? So I'm going to stop there. I've been going on 17 minutes. I said maybe 10 to 15, so I apologize. But I hope this has been helpful and I hope that this really isn't the end of the debate, but is a start of the conversation. And uh, I really hope it just maybe prompt some things in you, please feel free to email me at liam.parker at flowtrust.co.uk. Um, I would love to just discuss with you, maybe meet up with you and, and talk it through. Or maybe not me, but maybe just go to the person that you know in your life that believes in Jesus or the person that invited you to Christmas and just maybe just sit down with them and ask them to share their story with you about how they came to believe that this thing is real. Um, and just, just, I'm just asking maybe for some openness towards the faith. So yeah, look, but either way, we love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for giving us time. Um, I really hope this has helped you and um, and served you. And just hopefully it's been a good, easy, soft conversation. Um, so yeah, appreciate you. Love you guys. And I'm sure we'll see you all around again. Flow Church will be starting again on the 6th of January in 2019. And everybody is welcome. Thank you very much.